This is Richard Sachs, your host on Lost Arts Radio. Thanks for being with us. And those of you who are here from the link that I warned you against clicking on, and you did it anyway, you know, you're here at your own risk because you might, we try not to be controversial on Lost Arts Radio, obviously, but we don't always succeed. And this time we really didn't succeed. We had uh, two guests who were, some of the most evil guests that we've had in a long time. We've we had them slip through before and get in on the show before we realized what we were doing. And the same thing happened again. And And the reason I'm giving you this unusual introduction before we get to the show is that these two nefarious guests slipped through the, the uh, defenses to try to keep everything non-controversial and started talking. And Doug and I were on the uh, on the Zoom conversation before we remembered that we were getting ready to start recording. So I thought, why don't we just, since the people who are here obviously are prepared to hear some evil conversation anyway, let's just open it all up and uh, give them what they're looking for. And we won't start the show at a certain point. We'll just give you all of our private conversation as soon as these two guests called us. And that was Rima Labo, MD, Ralph Usatola, JD, the Trustees of Natural Solutions Foundation. And they've been friends of ours for a long time, uh, working for health freedom and now working for freedom in general and the survival of life on our planet, which seem to be pretty high priority projects. Good people. And, um, that's why they're seen as so evil by the system. See what you think, but I'm going to let you write in on our discussion without an official start to the show, and we'll cut right into the um, conversation in progress. See what you think, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. So I just learned, I just, um, as a matter of fact, I think I have the article still in my clipboard, so I'll put it up here, yes. Um, I just learned. In a, you, you see me, the people with magnets sticking to the injection site. Yeah, it's well, new advertising and decoration sites. Yes. Uh, people, I just learned, have been advised by the injection sites, or some of them, uh, not to have an MRI for a minimum of six to ten weeks because oh. the metal particles will tear your arm apart. Yeah. In a fifty thousand Gauss magnetic field. That's um, how irritating wow. that happens. 
It's always irritating when it happens, and it's not covered by insurance because it's an experimental device. It's yeah, not yeah. a recognized medical treatment, and and exploded arms are sort of expensive. Right. So um, I, uh, I the consequences of that are that you can infer, I think, with complete certainty that the nanobots mm-hmm. contain uh, ferrous material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty. Think. Which means that the nanobots are there. You know, yeah, we've been yeah. speculating, but we didn't know. This, I think, is as close to proof as we're going to get until we get vials of of the vaccine to analyze. Which I am in the process of setting up to do, and yeah. I also want to set up laboratory um, examination by chromatography and spectrophotometry and PCR of the um, uh, swabs of people's skin who have been uh, jabbed and uh, breath and urine to see just exactly, to characterize just exactly what they're transmitting. All righty. So you want to hear some good news? You guys want good news? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I'll say it. No, you don't have any. (laughs) Um, The... uh, Ralph and I are judges on the Tribunal for International Common and Natural Law and Health and Public Justice and, and, and window washing and whistling. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a very, uh, we have a broad remit. Might as well and, take care of it all at once. What? Might as well take care of it all at once. Absolutely. Awesome. And dental hygiene. And uh, we've been serving cease and desist orders on various countries which are mandating the vaccine or using the vaccine. Okay. Well, the president of Grenada, and I hope he has a seriously um, uh, good life insurance policy. The president of Grenada has just issued our cease and desist order for the country of Grenada to cease and desist the use of all COVID vaccines. The president of the country did that? Yes. So what kind of system do they have, like a Congress that works under him or a parliament? They have a parliament and a prime minister. So they decide what mental hospital he should go to, I guess. Well, they killed the president of Tanzania. They've killed uh, most of their top scientists in the same month. And they've killed several other African presidents who said, I don't think so. So that's yeah. why I hope he has good life insurance. I'm so wow, sorry. Yeah. I'm a bit late, folks. I was uh, working on a, uh, a form of an order. <laughs> the tribunal is going to order uh, issue an order uh, to cease and desist to various government authorities who are attempting to prevent doctors, nurses, and uh, health givers and researchers from talking, uh, speaking the truth about what's going on with the right. uh, uh, so-called COVID vaccine. In fact, the... Um, <laughs> The province of Alberta has actually had the uh, uh, their medical board issue an order telling physicians they're not allowed to question the uh, public health measures that have been declared and decreed by the authorities. So yeah. uh, this is a major assault on physicians as the learned intermediaries uh, in our healthcare system. It's an attempt to turn physicians into basically nothing more than bureaucrats. It's one of the reasons why years ago we had, we created the Health Keepers Oath. And if people are interested in that, they can go to healthkeepersoath.org and find out more about uh, our effort to allow health care givers to publicly announce their refusal 
to cooperate with uh, what one can only call uh, Nazi slash Soviet uh, healthcare. Yeah. We have to update the Healthkeepers Oath page. Um, I just coined a new word. I'm so excited. I just created a new word. You're going to give turning- us exclusive on it right now? You're revealing yes. it for the first time? Yes. Okay. They're turning doctors and nurses into executocrats. Wow, that mm. sounds impressive. That's good. That, must, that makes them part of the elite then, right? Yeah, or until they're dead. Special retirement plans and stuff like that. Oh, the retirement plan's easy. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I was going to say in response to your comment, Ralph, just now, that um, it sounds like this is a global stepping up. And you let me know what you think about this, because you, you just mentioned uh, what's going on in Canada. Both of you were talking about that. In the UK, which is closely tied to Canada, they have a bill in, in uh, Parliament now that is spo- expected to become law in a few months. And that is um, what to do about information that's put out by non-authoritative non, uh, platforms and websites and things that may be true and it may be legal, but in their judgment could be harmful. And this new legislation will allow them to take down any platforms like the new ones that have been springing up that are giving out information that's legal and true, but in their estimation, harmful. And the same thing was brought up at a recent meeting in the World Economic Forum by Susan Wachinsky, or how do you pronounce her name? Is that incorrect? The president of YouTube. And she was saying that what they really need urgently is a way to deal with information that's legal, but it it harms public health or is potentially harmful in any way. And let, let me point out that every modern Tyranny and totalitarian government, tyrannical and and totalitarian government, without exception, has commandeered the medical system, the health system, in order to um, uh, implement its tyrannical, genocidal, politicidal, um, freedom-sidal agenda. And this is no different. This is no different. This was true in China under Mao. This was true in Russia under Stalin. This was true in Germany under Hitler. This was true uh, each time a tyrannical, in, in Cambodia under Pol Pot, each time a tyrannical system arises that wishes to eliminate its enemies, it co-ops and commandeers the medical system for the good of the people, and proceeds to wreak havoc, destruction, and tragedy. And that is precisely what we are seeing. And it's made possible by the fact that people are educated to trust the medical system no matter what. Well, they've been propagandized. They're not educated. They're propagandized. It's like you corrected me before. I meant fake education. My, My mistake. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think that we have an opportunity as we speak together today um, and as we share this information 
to remind people that this is not a benign or a small factor in the uh, tyrannical takeover of our lives and our very DNA. And people need to go to healthkeepersoath.com. I'm sorry, .org. Healthkeepersoath.org. People who are in any way connected with the health system, whether they're doctors, nurses, administrators, um, uh, billing clerks, uh, uh, ward clerks, in any way, LPNs, whoever they are, if they're involved with the health system, people need to go to healthkeepersoath.org and register the fact that they will not allow their arts, skills, position, knowledge to result in harm to people and take away their rights, including their right of informed consent. So it's for the health keepers themselves to remind themselves and declare what their oath of, of responsibility is. And it's for the rest of us to know that more and more and more and more health keepers get it and will keep our health rather than surrender our freedoms for us. It sounds great. I think everybody should go there. And, and it, one, one thing that it brings to mind is that many of the global-scale criminals and national criminals that are enforcing tyranny and rationing up the censorship and things like that, many of them have taken oaths never to do that. Oh, right, right. And those oaths um, sometimes are mere drapery. Uh, uh, shall we say, and sometimes they actually have legal consequences and should be um, applied for legal uh, sanctions and uh, jail and and so on to be applied. But I'm wondering, when Ralph returns to us, uh, whether, Richard, it's, it's your your conversation, but I'm wondering whether Ralph could talk about the astoundingly important and positive developments that are taking place through the tribunal, the International Tribunal for Natural and Common Law and Health and Public, ju- I'd public like Health to, and Justice. I'd like to hear about that. <laughs> Beginning with, Ralph, for assuming that we're talking to the people who are hearing about all this for the first time, because I want to bring this them in, not just the people who already know what we're saying. And so... What what is a that kind of an organization? Where did it come from, and you know what's it about? Let's start by admitting a very terrible truth, and that is that our legal system has failed us. The uh, court system has failed to uh, to protect our rights. It has allowed uh, essentially a uh, an international fascist takeover of our countries, and it has done very little. There have been a few brave judges who have said that this or that particular restriction was illegal. But uh, by and large, especially among the, uh, uh, the highest courts in the countries, there's been very little protection of traditional rights, uh, and the, including the universal right of informed consent and the right of speech. Uh, these have happened. And that's happened in the past as well during uh, trying periods in human history. And as a result of that, over the past almost century, actually going back a century, uh, a number of private individuals have attempted to bring uh, the approbation of the public uh, into focus against particularly egregious violations of rights. 
these people have formed what we've come to call tribunals of conscience, uh, private tribunals that seek to learn the truth and to expose the truth. Now, I wrote an article at opensourcetruth.com. If you go to opensourcetruth.com and just um, um, search tribunals of conscience, you'll see the history starting from the earliest efforts to end slavery in the uh, 1800s when uh, when basically religious-oriented commissions were formed uh, by uh, by private persons to expose the horrors of slavery and to expose uh, uh, the complicity of the governments in those horrors. Uh, that went on, uh, and it continued into World War One and beyond. Uh, indeed, the among the most famous of those were the uh, the um, Russell Sartre Sartre uh, tribunals. Um, the first of which was called to deal with uh, some of the violations of right that occurred in Vietnam, uh, the, the abuse of uh, Agent Orange and that sort of thing. It was interesting to note when I did the research that there have been 46 subsequent tribunals of conscience in that one group, the, the uh, Russell Sartre uh, uh, grouping. There have been dozens of others. Uh, there is a Nuremberg 2.0 being convened uh, essentially by some German and other European lawyers. And of course, Alfred, uh, Alfred Lambrot uh, um, Weber, uh, who's a lawyer in Canada, Canadian and American citizen, um, has, uh, has spearheaded the natural law, the natural and common law tribunal, uh, which has focused in on the pandemic. And, uh, and it was for that tribunal that I was just drafting up uh, an order telling the, uh, the governing authorities that they may not drive us our right to speak what we consider the truth about their about their public health plans. So the, tri- the tribunal of which you're speaking, the uh, uh, Common and Natural Law Tribunal for Public Health and Justice, is focusing on the entire genocidal program. The uh, pandemic is a very important part of it, but they're also including in their genocidal um uh convictions uh the 5g and aspartame which are also genocidal uh technologies that have been applied wholesale without the consent of the uh soon to be eliminated um and so uh this tribunal is a powerful assemblage of knowledgeable people. Uh, Ralph and I are both honored to serve as judges on this tribunal of conscience. And um, they have been, uh, indictments have been um, laid and convictions have been made uh, for all of the um, uh, the active guilty parties in these genocidal areas. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted people to have um, the information. Oh, by the way, the information is available at peaceinspace.org. And there's a tremendous amount of information, including the evidence that has been assembled, which is monumentally huge. That Go, go ahead. Uh, talk about uh, what they've done, what they're do- doing in terms of the pandemic uh, and the um, uh, wonderful, wonderful development that we've heard about today. Well, today, that's what we, we've been discussing earlier, the uh, what happened in Grenada, 
uh, and I think that's really a significant issue. If it is true that the prime minister of the island has issued an order to stop the vaccinations, that's president. The president. I think Grenada is a is a British colony, so it would be it would be um, uh, a prime minister, and there would be a, a governor general appointed by Her Majesty the Queen, if it pleased the Queen, right? Uh, and uh, in fact, I I visited Grenada. Uh, back in the mid-1980s, uh, just after uh, the island was liberated from a particularly vicious and bloodthirsty crew of uh, Marxists, uh, and uh, it came to really uh, appreciate it as a beautiful place with very, very decent people who uh, were, were really happy to have been rescued uh, a few years short of the collapse of the Soviet Union from, uh, from a group of people who... Uh, uh, as I said, we're just bloody maniacs. Uh, I'm glad to see the island is still is, is upholding the rule of law, and that's really important. Maybe you could talk about what it or whether this has actually happened or not. And you know, everything moves fast. Uh, there are things developing every day. But, uh, maybe you can talk about the cease and desist orders of the tribunal, and then what that means. Right, right. Uh, the tribunal has actually gone through a process. It's it it notified the it asked the defendants to submit uh, their their opposition none of them did uh, it did uh, research what the other side would be saying if they were if they if they were willing to uh, come before the tribunal and it took that into consideration and then it reached a decision and issued a judgment which is a, a 30 or 40 page document detailing the violations of rights that have occurred. Uh, those those uh, decisions and the judgment uh, have been uh, served on the various parties in various ways, and uh, subsequent to that, they've issued cease and desist orders uh, to various uh, governments uh, around the world, including, by the way, Grenada. And it was interesting that uh, it was just shortly after that that these developments have apparently occurred on that island. Uh, we're uh, we have no, you know. As Stalin once said, how many divisions does the Pope have? We have no divisions. We cannot force the governments of the world to behave themselves. We only have moral persuasion and the power of public opinion. And historically, that's exactly what tribunals of conscience have done. They have brought to bear uh, upon uh, the folks uh, in, the, in power uh, the, uh, the power of the light of truth. Now, we're living in a time when social media uh, and governments are trying their best to stifle the light of truth and prevent us from talking. Uh, it is noteworthy that over a half a billion people are no longer on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. A few thousands because they were thrown off, like myself, but many millions because they are no longer willing to trust those, uh, what I would call, legacy platforms. Instead, they've gone on to uncensored platforms, at least currently uncensored platforms, uh, such as Signal and Telegram. We've been using Telegram very extensively. Uh, we invite you all to join at telegram.org. And when you've done that, uh, search for open source truth as one word and join our chat. There are many other powerful chats. Uh, I've been watching, for example, closely over the past few days uh, what has been happening in the Middle East, not over the cable television or, uh, or the other legacy media, because they're not really reporting on it, but through uh, some of the chats, uh, which literally have almost real-time uh, events. If, if uh, the Iron Dome fires uh, 
uh, at the incoming missiles uh, in Israel within minutes. Uh, videos of it are are on Telegram. Uh, if you want to know what's happening on Earth, you cannot trust CNN and CNBC and Fox News and the rest. Uh, what's what's that see. address again, Ralph? Would you say it slowly? Dot org. When you open it up, it's a very you choose your platform and you download it. Once you've downloaded it, you can uh, you can open it on your on your uh, PC. You can open it on your telephone, uh, and uh, and you can also set up your own. Telegram is one too many chatting, uh, and you can control the chat that you that you initiate in a, in a very a very uh, useful way. Uh, what we, did what did what did the tribunal say to cease and desist from? Uh, cease and desist from imposing mandates, masking mandates, vaccine mandates, and lockdowns. It's the but there, there's something else. The cease and desist also says you must immediately cease and desist from using any of the COVAX, uh, COVID uh, bioweapon uh, so-called vaccines, the injections. Um, and so they are demanding of the governments which have been served with this cease and desist, uh, and there are quite a number of them, uh, they are demanding that they immediately cease and desist from the use of these uh, dangerous bioweapons. Uh, these are the same so-called vaccines that people are proudly announcing they're happy to have gotten either one or two of. And these are the same bioweapons that are now causing people to release, to transmit uncharacterized um, particles of some type that are spreading the profile of side effects from the jabbed to the unjabbed. And this is consistent with the research that DARPA has done over uh, more than a decade to develop a communicable vaccination technology, meaning person A gets vaccinated but spreads the effect of the vaccine, not the disease, but the effect of the vaccine spreads the vaccination uh, status to persons B, C, D, E, F, G, who then spread the effect of the vaccinated status. They vaccinate persons H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P and Soon everyone is vaccinated, regardless of any kind of informed consent, through a contagion, through an initiated intentional contagion. And the jabs appear to be, the COVID jabs appear to be successful in creating this unwelcome and unasked for contagion of effect. Is that the same as they call self-replicating vaccines? Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. So the question, once that's going on and once more people start to understand that's not really something that you would want getting into your body, then... Well, maybe maybe you would want to be uh, jabbed with the COVID jabs, in which case go ahead and do it, but don't you dare do it to my body. Right, so what I was going to say is that brings up the question of defense against that. We and, don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
what we think we know so far through the excellent work of the outstanding scientist Judy Mikovits is that there is a preparation patented in 1916 by Bayer, not surprisingly, uh, called suramen. And suramen is extracted from pine needles. Suramen is a drug that's available intravenously. It's not really a, a, a very benign drug. It's been used widely, but it has quite a number of side effects, including blindness, can, can sort of mess up your life. Uh, suramen has been used for sleeping sickness, for panosomiasis, uh, caused by the trypanosome, which is a parasite class. Um, and so since the self-replicating uh, protein, the spike protein that we've been hearing about, causes the symptoms of, of both COVID and the adverse events up to and including death, from the jab uh, in a way that's similar to the way the trypanosome causes its problems. Dr. Mikovits began looking at the extraction of the compounds that can help you from pine needles, from the Douglas fir, from the arbor vitae, uh, from the white pine, from, not from the yew tree. The yew is not a pine, and it's really quite poisonous. It looks like a pine. Uh, but from the correct kind of pine needles, easily available, make a simple tea. And we've published this information on Open Source Truth, by the way, uh, opensourcetruth.com and Telegram Open Source Truth. Um, so you, you make a 10-minute water extract of the pine needles, and you drink about three cups of that a day, and it would seem as if this should be reasonably protective. But that's a lot of vagary. We yeah. don't know yet. If you found one of those pine trees that's considered to be non-toxic and suitable for use that way, and you chewed up some needles, would that give you any benefit? Without Probably not. Probably not. Uh, this is a an extraction process. And uh, the safest and simplest way to extract the compounds, which include vitamin A and vitamin C, by the way, uh, the simplest and most effective way is to chop the needles into smaller pieces to increase um, the surface area, the inside, yeah. and then put that into a French press or a, uh, a tea strainer and um, pour water that's just less than boiling. You don't want actively boiling water. You want water that's cooled a little bit or hasn't gotten to boiling yet. You yeah. put that in for 10 minutes. And when the pine needles go from the color that they were when you started to a deeper, brighter green, you know how spinach turns uh, deeper, brighter green when it's cooked. As soon as that happens, then you strain out the pine needles, discard them, and drink the tea. So the reason, they, the, the, re the reason they don't want to boil it or get it too hot is you want to also preserve as much of the delicate components like the vitamins. Exactly. Like Precisely. Okay. Um, and it's it's really, actually, I was prepared for it to be really gross, but it's quite quite mild and pleasant. Um, we where I live in the desert, 
Um, there are arborvitae uh, pines in great profu- profusion. And other than the bird lime, which can be washed off before you do anything with it, they're perfectly clean. Of it, well, the chemtrail thing. It's but. interesting too <laughs> if you if you use a whole food source like the pine needles, rather than a chemical extract, you don't have the side effects, right? That is absolutely correct. Um, there are hundreds and hundreds of compounds that balance each other in yeah. whole source extracts that are completely discarded because you can't patent those. You can only patent a single molecule, as in Suramen, patented in 1916 by Bayer. So they have this uh, made-up concept of what's called the active ingredient, and they discard most of what makes it valuable, and that way it can be patented, but it becomes dangerous in a lot of cases, right? Well, I have to disagree, Richard. It is the active ingredient. It's the financially active ingredient. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not even (laughs) so I didn't know that. (laughs) Um, okay, so, uh, and I, I want to bring up also for people that don't know from before, because uh, I'm always trying to help the new people fit in too. Natural Solutions Foundation is the organization which you and Ralph are both being trustees of and running. And exactly. What is it? What's it doing now? And there used to be a website that was natural solutions something itself right do you still have that the website is dr dr rima truth reports uh, dot com dr rima truth reports dot com dot com and that does exist but the action is taking place at opensourcetruth.com and open source truth on telegram um, because oh, there also mentioned Dr. Rima nsfmarketplace.com yes where you can get the, uh, the AVD cards the advanced vaccine directive cards uh, which is important a major way we're funding the foundation foundation works with other organizations as well Dr. Rima and I are both trustees of the Institute for Health Research uh, which is a uh, an exempt organization that can accept uh, uh, tax deductible donations foundation has is not uh, does not accept tax-deductible donations because we want to be free to express um, our opinions uh, without uh, the type of control that comes from uh, being a, a, um, an exempt organization. So we have two. We have the Institute and the Foundation. We work together uh, in the separate areas where they can each work. The uh, Institute's website is in here, I-N-H-E-R-E dot org. Uh, and we have a journal... Uh, at, in here where we publish things that the conventional pharmaceutically controlled government controlled medical journals, uh, scientific journals really would rather you not know. Um, so in here.org is a very important site. Uh, open source truth.com and NSF marketplace, NSF standing for natural solutions foundation. Uh, at the marketplace, you will not find nano silver. Uh, the nano silver that we know and love and trust uh, is has been voluntarily removed, secondary to the assault by the FDA. That's the Fraud and Death Administration, which is suing Ralph personally, suing me personally 
and suing the Natural Solutions Foundation in the Third Circuit of the Federal District Court in New Jersey for telling the truth. That's a very interesting case. And so the truth that we were telling was that we believe that natural um, support and function of the immune system is supported by nutrients like nanosilver. And we believe that uh, uh, the threat of disease is um, significantly reduced when the immune system functions. These are highly radical uh, positions. And they have taken the position that because we have shared things like the Department of Defense um, Division, Department of Threat Reduction uh, research showing that our nanosilver prevented um, uh, hemorrhagic viruses like Ebola from attaching, penetrating, and replicating inside a cell, that somehow or other that's making a cure claim which is illegal in the United States, for nanosilver. We, of course, contest that that is not so, but uh, you won't find nanosilver. What you will find is the Advanced Vaccine Directive card, which is a legal assertion of your right to refuse vaccines. Not only experimental vaccines or so-called vaccines, like the COVID ones, but any medical procedure like a vaccination that you do not wish to have happen to your body. It's called the right of informed consent. And we have the unmask. We have masks that in no way impede the flow of oxygen. Uh, Fauci, uh, after whom I have named uh, a new term for medical tyranny, Fauchism. Uh, Fauci says we're going to have to have masks forever. We're going to have to have social distancing forever because true. What? Okay, not rational, but bureaucratic. Um, and so uh, at, the, um, at the NSF Marketplace site, you'll find um, masks that have been designed by me to in no way reduce the flow of oxygen and cause the buildup of carbon dioxide, bacteria, viruses, etc. that conventional masks do to say nothing of the Morgellons-like fibers that have been found in so many of the commercially available masks. So those That's are right out of the package too, right? Right out of the package. Right out of the package. The same package, these are little blue and gray surgical pleated masks, the same package that remarks that they are not to be used for prevention of COVID-19 because they don't. Right. But if you don't use them, then you're in serious trouble. Well, if you don't use some kind of a mask, we looked at the legal requirements for a mask and uh, I will probably absent myself for a moment and go get several masks and show you what they look like. I'll be right back. Yes. Keep talking. I'm going to turn my camera off. Okay. A little bit about that. That's a very interesting situation. And by the way, the law student uh, is taking some interesting developments, uh, not all of which I can talk about, but let it be said that we uh, filed a formal petition with the FDA to allow us to make claims about silver about a month before they sued us. Uh, maybe they should have paid attention to the, uh, to the petition. But at any rate, 
um, we're, uh, we, we hope and we expect that the courts will take a look seriously at the science behind silver, and the FDA will, uh, will look at that science and uh, uh, come to the conclusion that there are things we can say about silver and about the reduction of risk of infection. Uh, we think the science shows that, and we're ready to show that in a court of law. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's not a battle we want it necessarily. Uh, in yeah. fact, uh, if we had tried to sue the government, we probably would have been tossed out for uh, lack of standing. But right. <laughs> so I have a Dr. Rima, before you get into that completely, I had a question about something you said. You said that citing the defense uh, threat, re- I was going to say the defense health reduction agency, but I, I'll say the defense threat reduction agency, and that they had a little demonstration that they wrote up in a paper that showed that Ebola was knocked out by nanosilver at 10 parts per million. And I, I saw that as well. And the, my question is that you were criticized for, for citing that because somehow citing it was you making a cure claim. And isn't it more accurate to say that the defense, I don't know if you want to call them the health reduction agency or the threat reduction agency, but wasn't it they that were making a cure claim? No, they, no one was making a claim. Uh, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency declassified in 2009 a study, and they, they uh, uh, released slides in a PowerPoint presentation on this study that yeah. showed that they had taken various uh, nanosilver concentrations uh, from 50 down to 10, and they had put those uh uh, nanosilver concentration solutions in the presence of normal cells and hemorrhagic viruses. Ebola was one of them, Marburg, Pakarib, uh, there are a number of hemorrhagic nasties out there. So they, they looked at what happened when the uh, viruses and the cells were in the presence of the silver at various concentrations and when they weren't. Right. And they found that the most effective concentration and material for inhibiting the attack, the contact attachment, then the penetration and the intracellular replication of the virus was, as it happened, the very nanosilver that we have previously marketed as Dr. Rima recommends nanosilver, 10 parts per million, my nanosilver was the most effective. Now, I didn't know that they were doing this study. I didn't know at the time that it had been declassified, but we found it in the literature later during the Ebola virus um, events of 2014. And we shared the study. We shared it with uh, in a special video made for the uh, ministers of health of the afflicted nations. We shared it uh, widely uh, on a um, uh, a uh, an internet page, and we made no claims of cure. We said, "Look, that's the, probably the delivery line." Uh, we said, "Looky this." Isn't this interesting? And it's our dinosaur that was the most effective. Look at that. And that somehow turned into you are making illegal claims. Ralph, you're the, you're the legal person. Am I misstating any of this? 
No, no, no. Um, I, you know, the what the study showed was that uh, in the presence of nanosilver, uh, the the living cell's natural ability to uh, prevent uh, attachment, penetration, and replication of viruses was uh, was very strong, uh, very powerful. Uh, just like there's another study that showed that uh, certain antibiotics work uh, better uh, when people receive nanosilver along with the antibiotic. Uh, it enhances. Uh, it doesn't uh, treat anything at all. It enhances natural capacity. And so the the FDA wrote to us and they said, stern warning letter, you have criminalized, uh, you, you are creating uh, uh, illegal circumstances by turning nanosilver into a drug, an unapproved drug, that's a crime in the United States, by saying that it will cure, prevent, mitigate, treat, or diagnose a disease, which is, of course, illegal under U.S. law. And Ralph, brilliant Ralph, wrote back and said, au contraire, in the presence of a normal immune system function, there can be no disease. Therefore, this substance has not been shown to treat, prevent, mitigate, diagnose, or cure anything at all. It just does support normal uh, immune structure and function. And they wrote back... A virus virus in your bloodstream is not a disease. Not at all. Part of the normal microbiome. Exactly. And And so they wrote back... They wrote back and said... I'm sorry, go ahead. As you told me, Dr. Rima, uh, uh, the virus in the the body, when it's not uh, penetrating, actually helps teach the immune system how to deal with it. Correct. So the win went all the way around. Sorry. And so they, they wrote back uh, another letter, and they said, grumble, grumble. And Ralph wrote again and said, nope, not, not a problem. You know, think about it. And they went away. And we didn't hear anything from them from the uh, 2014 um, Ebola events until last May, about a year ago, when we still had the when we still hadn't heard from them, I received a couple of months after that. I am hanging up on that call. A couple of months after last May, I received a call from a USA Today reporter who said, Hi, I'm a USA Today reporter, and I want to talk to you about the warning letter that you have received about coronavirus. And I said, Say what? The who, the what, the how? And he said, oh, yeah, you're on the list of 300 companies that have received warning letters for making claims to cure coronavirus. I said, well, looky that. I didn't know that because I think the government is supposed to notify you when they do that, but they didn't. And uh, I called Ralph and I said, golly, Willicker, gee, do something. And so he went and he knew where to go to look and found it. And he found that there we were. And that was how we discovered that we had been singled out again. And uh, following, we, we entered into a communication with them. And suddenly the Department of Justice and the misnamed Department of Justice and the FDA were suing us in federal court. And wanted an immediate injunction to protect the public good 
after we had already taken the product off our website and scrubbed our website of references in order to be in a position to, to negotiate with them. So that was interesting. And that's where we are now. Wow. So they don't want to know if it works. They just don't want you to talk about it. And it brings up a, a, a question, um, what Ralph was talking about on the tribunal. And I you know, had several questions. One was what countries these cease and desist orders went out to, and did that include major countries, you know, European countries, the U.K., the United States? Um, the answer is yes. Okay, good. And so my question is, you've got all these cease and desist orders out there, and on the other side, you've got governments like that of the U.K. proposing bills to outlaw legal true speech if they think it's harmful. Right. And they expect that to pass this summer. Yes, they do. Uh, and we actually, with the privatization of censorship that we're living with in the United States, uh, we have completely skipped the statutory process and gone directly to the, uh, the implicate reality that whatever Google and Twitter and Facebook and the other major platforms are instructed by our uh, government, which licenses them, yeah. To, to do, they do, and whatever they want to do on their own, they also do. So we've even skipped the, the legislative process. Yeah, it's much more efficient not to bother with that. Much, much more efficient, yes. And that, that's, you know, if people want to protest against fascism, they need to actually understand that is what fascism is. It's when government uses corporations and blends with them to enforce things that the government alone might have a legal problem doing. Precisely, precisely. Um, and so we now are in federal court. And as Ralph said, if we had wanted to sue the FDA, which we have wanted to do for more than a decade, we would have had the issue of standing. Now they have done us the favor of bringing us into federal court, granting standing to us, oh, Thank you, FDA, because we have some some strategies up our sleeves that we think they're not going to be terribly happy with. Or at least they'll move in a better direction and come to an understanding of what we've uh, what we've really accomplished with uh, uh, the research we've done and the research that they've paid for. Uh, yes. We want, we want the government to do the right thing. And we're hoping that they will do the right thing or that the courts will lead them in that direction. Uh, I think it's a real good opportunity. However, litigation like this is expensive and we really need help in, in yeah. making it happen. So, folks, buy those AVD cards. That's how we support the foundation, mostly, the cards and the masks. Uh, go to uh, NSFMarketplace.com. Uh, every, uh, and and your, generous, helps. your generous addition to... Whatever whatever the price in the uh, checkout uh, is, if you add, if you even just round up to the next dollar, or if you added a uh, a contribution, or if you go to inhere.org and make a tax deductible donation, we absolutely will need support 
to, uh, to pursue this case, which is of enormous importance to all of us, enormous importance to all of us. Um, the FDA, back when, when I was spending my life uh, up to my eye bones in Codex Alimentarius issues, um, I attended a Codex Alimentarius committee meeting in Washington, D.C. Uh, with General Burt and uh, Dr. Schneider, um, the head of the U.S. Uh, uh, Codex Alimentarius effort, said that uh, her name wasn't Schneider. I, I'm blocking her name. But anyway, she said uh, there has been no... Oh, no, no, it wasn't she. It was the, the previous head. There has been no research on uh, safety and efficacy of vitamins, mineral, and nutritional supplements. And therefore, the United States cannot support um, using vitamins, minerals, and nutritional supplements as a health strategy. And I thought, oh, thank you so much for saying that. So I went home. And I did a little bit of research, and I submitted a document on behalf of the organization, which listed, I don't know, 10,500 pieces of research. I forget the exact number, but some vast uh, documentation of the research that had been done, of which 90% had been paid for by the United States government. <laughs> so they, they do make misstatements, and then it's, it's easy and satisfying to, but time-consuming and expensive to um, uh, refute those. And once that's done, it has to be disseminated. Right. People have to understand that the agencies that we've been trained to trust, the medical establishment and the governments, lie as a matter of ordinary communication efficacy. I have a question about that in particular, since you're not only a doctor, but a psychiatrist, too, even though you're not dispensing toxic chemicals as medicine, uh, which is a strange custom that's kind of caught on. The, the agencies that you're referring to that put out knowing disinformation all the time, is that intentional at the top levels and then the lower levels just follow it to keep their jobs? Is that Because they must know that this stuff is false. Of course they know. So the ones who are just hired to work there as employees, they're not necessarily evil, right, of intent. Not necessarily. It's it's my my contention that the middle folks and the folks below them tend to be uh, good-hearted men and women who think that they're pursuing their their, uh, profession, but they quickly cotton to the fact that they're being asked to lie they're, uh, for instance, FDI, FDA scientists reg, and EPA scientists regularly write letters of protest when their work is ignored or distorted or uh, 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 canceled. Um, and so they quickly figure it out. And there's a, uh, a culling process, you should excuse the expression, by which the more, uh, the more principled people leave. Because that's not how they want to spend their careers. Uh, and this could apply to pretty much all the major government agencies, I would think. And the medical profession. And the medical in- industry as well, yeah. Probably the legal profession as well, would you say, Ralph? Uh, yeah, I would say. 
I think they, I think the legal profession knows about the Gene- the uh, Geneva Conventions, the Nuremberg Code, and uh, you know they understand the existence of something called the right of informed consent. Uh, it doesn't fit in with their prejudices anymore, and they're trying to uh, uh, to undo uh, a century of legal precedent, of course. But uh, uh, if we are strong in our in our position, if we tell the truth. Uh, I don't think they'll get away with it. It depends entirely on what we do, on how strongly we say what I consider to be the three most important words of a free man or woman. Don't you dare. This also (laughs) applies not only to people within all these agencies in the health industry, but it occurred to me that it's a big issue with law enforcement as well. Yes, I think Ralph is probably better prepared to speak to that as as an attorney than I am. And I think that's a very important point, Richard. Well, that's the people that are forcing people to go along with this stuff primarily. Even when the health officials come for your protection and, and destroy your life, they bring the police with them to do it. Oh, yes. And so the police have a moral dilemma, or at least before they get called leaving only the ones that don't and that is if i see what i'm being ordered to enforce is illegal and immoral what do i do it's not a it's not it is a moral dilemma and it is a but it's not a legal dilemma legally they must not violate people's rights there is no i was just following orders excuse no that's that's the legal but that's the legal dilemma they face is knowing they're being ordered to do something illegal and it's not a legal dilemma what what Ralph is saying is correct. There is no legal dilemma. The law is very, very clear. They may not follow. There's yeah, no, there's no question. Being, we're facing a situation in which the uh, the people who work for the government, uh, in order to keep their jobs, are willing to violate our rights. That's what I'm saying. Proven it over and over again in the past year and a half. We yeah. know there no institution in our society has actually done what it was supposed to do. They've all failed us. Yes. Uh, in in Ontario and I believe across Canada as well, the police unions are saying we will not enforce lockdown slash COVID uh, edicts because they violate the rights of the people. That's extraordinary. It is, but what's the conflict between those unions that are saying that and the police in the street that are clubbing people because they don't have a mask on? That's a pretty good question. That's a pretty good question. Uh, So what we have to do, we have to reach, this is where something like your program, like uh, the Dr. Rima Truth Reports, like Open Source Truth, like your website, like all the other uh, truth tellers, this is where... The real battle is, it is truly, literally, for the minds and hearts of the people who have to make the daily, minute-by-minute choices. Do I follow this? Do I enforce this? I know it's wrong. What do I dare do? Right. We just had a guest on last night that we recorded that will be out soon that has a restaurant right in California in the Los Angeles area that has been attacked by the government because he's not, you know, acknowledging the mask mandates and everything that goes with that. And he, instead of 
leaving the state, which a lot of people are trying to do right now, he's saying, no, if you leave the state, it's going to be like calling those agencies. And the only people there will be the ones who are just giving up everything. Right. So instead of that, he made a law that you are a rule, a policy Mm -hmm. that you can't come into his restaurant or on his property unless you get rid of the mask. I love it. I love it. Now, in Arizona, we now have a law saying that the, uh, I'm going to use the term vaccinated because it's what people know, but I really mean the jabbed people who have accepted the COVID uh, uh, weapon. Uh, If saying that you cannot treat jabbed and unjabbed people differently. And when that passed, I thought, yay, because I, as an unjabbed person, cannot be excluded from a store or venue or whatever, as is happening in so many places with the COVID passports in Israel, in New York, etc. Then, when it became known that the jabbed are transmitting a self-replicating um, uh, contagion of probably spike proteins and God knows what all else, because there's no reason to think that it's just the spike protein, by the way. Right. Uh, and, and by the way, that, that very well may, in, may uh, include uh, prions or prions, as it, it should be pronounced, uh, which are misfolded proteins, which is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um so once once I realized that these jabbed people were endangering my life and my pet's life, by the way, uh, animals tend to die after they've been patted by these contaminating people. Um, I realized that it was the jab who needed to be quarantined, probably permanently, because my assessment is that this will be a permanent state of uh, uh, pathogen replication in their bodies pretty much forever. Um, and so they need to be differentially, differentially treated in order to protect me. So, so what do you do? So what do you do to? Well, one of the things that I do is I am now avoiding, uh, places where I believe that I will come in contact with, uh, the 44% of the United States population that is jabbed. Another thing is that, and I've just been talking with uh, with Ralph about this this morning or yesterday morning. I can't remember. Um, we need we the unjabbed need to reorganize the world according to our likes and needs. So, for instance, my my friend and our colleague Tom Cox, who is a gourmet chef as well as a professor of poetry and uh, and a, a social activist. Uh, in addition to those things, um, he is going on the 22nd to be holding the first of the Unjabberwocky Cafe events in his, uh, on his, the grounds of his Dharma Center. And he will be serving a gourmet dinner. He made the, the menu for me last night so I could try it out. Oh, it's wonderful. And I will be lecturing. We'll be filming that. And I'm suggesting that people start doing this. They start doing unjabberwocky activities. Another thing, I need somebody to help me clean the house because it needs it and I don't have time. But I don't want a person who's been jabbed contaminating me and my household. Therefore, we are considering going on Telegram and creating an unjabberwocky resource wow. for people who 
need to connect with other people socially, practically, uh, professionally, etc. We need to reorganize the society to protect our needs and interests. So, of course, it's an honor system to find out if they're telling the truth, right? Unless you come up to them with a magnet and see if it sticks on their arms. Right, right. Um, yes, it is an honor system. That is true. And at this point, I'm only slightly comforted by that, but it's the best we've got at the moment. Sure, sure. It's a first step. And people are talking about creating complete parallel civilization instead of um, trying to change all the existing institutions, which seem to be a little resistant to that at the moment. Lightly. Um, They they don't seem to be welcoming us with open arms. I don't know why. Do you know why, Ralph? Do you know why the the (laughs) society is not saying, thank you for telling us what's wrong, and thank you for wanting to fix it here? Please go ahead. It is, you know, it is a great question that needs to be answered. Uh, why, why? I understand why the elite are behaving the way they are. Uh, they think they're getting what they want from this disaster. Uh, but why are the why are all the uh, what we call Karens, uh, the people who are enforcing the rules, uh, even when they shouldn't be enforced, such as when you know shouting at people who have masks uh, uh, not fully on, even though those 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 mask wearers can legally and lawfully. Uh, Refuse to wear masks because the masks were stopping them from breathing. I think you they be, they believe them. They believe the medical system. Yeah, they believe the propaganda. Yeah, but the they people don't have who, they, they they can't they don't think for themselves. The they people don't who work as what's a, happening around them. They 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 have been they they accept the big lie. The big lie works. The, yeah, the, because thousands of people are dying from the vaccine, and the big lie is no, it's millions, Ralph. Um, but Joe Biden says it was 200 million, and that was months ago. It's probably uh, almost all of us by now. Yeah. Um, from the vaccine? Biden, by no, the way, no, no, from the terrible virus. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Biden also says that, uh, that the 44% who have been vaccinated are not enough, and it's going to be up to 60% of the adults by the end of the month, right. uh, in just two weeks. Uh, and so you will remember. Predict, let us predict something. In fact, Dr. Rima, I think you'll join me in this prediction. Um, a few weeks after the start of the of uh, the mass vaccination program, we were, we we began to see an uptick in the alleged COVID uh, deaths and COVID uh, infections. That's we a variant, a great Ralph. upswing coming forward, and they will claim it's a new variants of COVID, even though uh, it's the people who are vaccinated who will be dying of the uh, of whatever they're dying of. Uh, we have to predict that and we have to remind people that we did predict it. And so when it happens and the big lie technique is used to attempt to cover up the deaths uh, and pretend that they are just part of the pandemic, uh, people will be primed to understand that they are being lied. Uh, Last week, the statistic was released by the CDC that in excess of 64% of the people who have symptomatic COVID and are requiring treatment and hospitalization are fully vaccinated. That now, proves, uh, proves the variant theory, of course. It proves the variant theory if you 
are willing to be lied to. What it proves is what we have always known and what uh, Professor Maniotis showed brilliantly, he's a professor of epidemiology, um, that you can predict outbreaks, epidemics, and pandemics of particular diseases by documenting where the vaccination programs are because that's where the outbreak, the epidemic, and the pandemic will be, as in polio, which WHO and CDC now admit on their websites is caused by the polio vaccine. That's the primary cause of polio in the world, vaccination with the polio vaccine. Um, that's not dissimilar from the other situations. If you look at the um, uh, the uh inserts that accompany the vials of vaccines, you will see if it's a measles, mumps, rubella, that measles, mumps, rubella symptoms are a side effect of vaccination. If it's a flu vaccine, flu-like symptoms are a side effect of vaccination. If it's a cholera vaccine, cholera-like symptoms are a side effect of vaccination. In other words, the disease is potentiated. Well, as long as it's just cholera-like symptoms and not well, cholera. Yeah. I mean, it's well, if you, if you die like from cholera-like symptoms, then it doesn't count because you've been vaccinated. Exactly, yeah. And, and just for full dis- disclosure of what's in the COVID-19 vaccines, they have special inserts that are blank. Yes, yes, I was going to mention that. Thank you. Special inserts for patients and physicians that are completely blank. Right. It's to save you the stress of all that reading the microscopic. Because it could make you anxious when you read that you could have thrombocytopenia, that you could have uh, 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 cardiovascular uh, collapse. So you can, oh, wait, they, they left those off the package insert. Their committee identified 120 of these very serious side effects, and then they left them off the package insert that did have ink on it, let alone the blank ones. Yeah, exactly. This is just a new step forward in efficiency to leave it blank. Yes, yes. No one has to read anything. So you've got a lot of people, as you said, within these agencies and health departments and everything that do understand that, especially the public health agents, that what they're saying might not be precisely accurate, you know, with the pandemic and everything. But they're all, you have millions of employees learning that they have to lie, making that decision in order to keep their job. Because, I mean, what are they going to do if they don't? I am remembering the Surgeon General of the United States. I believe his last name was Abrams, but I could be wrong. Uh, A very um, elegant, articulate man in his public health service uniform, because it is a branch of the military, you know. Um, And he had epaulets and little gold stars, and he looked oh so spiffy. And he's standing, you can find this on YouTube. He is standing in front of a table, and the Surgeon General of the United States, an eminent physician one would imagine, takes a piece of black t-shirt fabric, And he folds it this way, and he folds it that way, and then he folds it the other way, and he folds it into a rectangle, and he puts two rubber bands around the um, 
the narrow ends of the rectangle, wraps them around it again, and takes this square of t-shirt material, wraps the rubber bands around his ears, and has now successfully demonstrated how to make a virally effective protection mask against COVID-19 from a t-shirt. The scientific validity for which is less than the hypothesis that the moon is composed of green cheese. It's less scientific than that. The number of folds, one second, the number of folds that he made, folded again, folded again, folded again, fold the ends in, folded again, would obstruct any free flow of any gas, but not of a virus. And so it was absolutely elegant, bonkers nonsense, which passed for public health. He doesn't know. Oh, come. Okay, well, one thing is, I mean, he was telling the truth, because if you die of suffocation, you're not dying of a virus. Right? Number one. Unless you die of bacterial pneumonia from all the the crap that got trapped in there and in the moist, uh, dark environment had a chance to propagate. Yeah, if you keep breathing long enough for that. But the other thing is all the people below him who are just in the system who know what's going on, they're not really (laughs) perpetrators intentionally, but they're keeping their job. They are perpetrators. I'm sorry. Once they become aware that this is being said, and once they have scientific education or they've read the reports or they, they, uh, they transcribe the meeting, the secretary transcribes the notes of the meeting uh, that said, well, we could do this, you know, I mean, it won't work, but, you know, people will buy into it. Those yeah. people yeah. are perpetrators. I'm no, sorry, are. I disagree with you completely. Anybody who has cottoned to any of this and is going along with this is part of the death machine. Right, and so I totally agree with your disagreement. However, I was using the wrong word. They didn't originate the policy that they're enforcing. But Doesn't matter. But they've made the decision to go along with it because that's their education and their money supply. And we've so got come, so come millions on, of people doing that. So come on, Fred. My cousin has a gun. We'll go rob the store. Come on. You, oh, don't be such a coward. Come on. Just get in the back of the car. Come on. It'll be fun. You didn't originate that plan, but you were a party to it. Right, right, right. And the education for your last 20 years in school has prepared you to help with the bank robbery. Exactly. And it's too late to have a new education, so it's the only efficient thing to do. Exactly. Right. So these, these people are perpetrators. There's no legal issue. There's only a moral issue. Right. And what our restaurant <laughs> friend on who was on the show who banned masks in his restaurant was saying is that anybody that doesn't tell the truth from the public, if they know it, is also a perpetrator, too. Absolutely. We have a very well-established legal um, uh, concept of accessory to a crime. Right. You're you're just as guilty as the guy who pulls the trigger. And the just following orders excuse is famous now. As Ralph said, no, the legal uh, the legal reality has been established. The the constitutional sheriffs, who are the highest uh, 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 officers, legal officers in each county in the United States, some of them have said, wait, wait, the buck stops here. This is not happening. 
Right. Yeah. Some are willing to uh, arrest government officials and yes. anybody else that breaks the law. So it, wrapping this up for the people that, that want to know, okay, what matters about all this really is what the individual can do to make a difference. Absolutely. Well, the first thing you can do is don't, don't get jabbed. Now that the Pfizer-BioNTech experimental uh, emergency use authorization bioweapon, known popularly as a vaccine, has been approved for children from 12 to 15. Right. Protect your children. Protect your children. Do not allow them to be violated biologically. And that's what it is. Uh, So you need to and you need to speak out against um, against the concept that it's a good thing. Oh, yay! I've just gotten my second vaccine. Yay! Really? That's horrendous. You will have to pay the consequences biologically and socially for having been a sheep to the slaughter. So that's the first thing. Don't. And the second thing is speak. And the third thing is make sure that your immune system is in tip-top shape and share the information. Don't be frightened. We are the power. They want us eliminated because we are the power. You also said that remedies for the people that realize they made a mistake in getting this injection are being worked on and and looked for. So if people are in that category, how do they stay in touch with whatever gets discovered for that? Stay on opensourcetruth.com and open source on Telegram. Sign up for the, the newsletter. Listen to programs like this, to the Dr. Rima Truth Reports on peopleforpeople.ning.com. That's the the site that has really quite amazing shows. Um, the, The Internet is less and less and less and less of a resource. There was a time before the Internet when people actually read things. It's an amazing, they were called books. They were flaps of paper all sort of stacked up together. There was a picture of one later so people know. Yeah. A lot of them have pictures, yeah, yeah. but not all of them. Uh, and so you need to find sources other than the controlled media for your information. Right. That's terribly important because what the controlled media is telling you is a lie. Just pure and simple, ipso facto, QED. They're lying to you because, as in the UK, the law that you mentioned will take Truthful, factual information that opposes the general, uh, the, the direction of the official narrative, and they will ban it and criminalize you for sharing. We can't let that happen. We have to take proactive stances now, protect our immune systems, look for the information, and share the information the life you share may be your own because your neighbor didn't get jabbed and doesn't contaminate you. Right, 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 exactly. Ralph, do you want to say anything at the close here before we... The only thing is, folks, uh, the future is up to you. 
Uh, you can be sheep or you can be people. It's your choice. We have the power and the numbers to uh, assert our rights. And unless we assert our rights, they will be deemed waived. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, folks. Yeah, thank you. When waking up, we can realize we were never actually sheep. We just thought we were. So, you guys, thank you. And hold on, and we'll say goodbye in the break here. Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure. There goes... Dr. Rima Labo and Ralph Usatola, J.D., the attorney, and they're both uh, trustees of the Natural Solutions Foundation. Incredible people that have been working for a long time for specifically health freedom and to a great degree for freedom in general for everybody. The idea being kind of similar to what the United States was supposed to be founded on, which is individual freedom that the idea is really simple. You just live however you want, think however you want, have your own decisions to make on what you believe, what you say, and what you do, as long as you respect the same right of everybody else. Don't trespass on their natural rights, which is what the whole thing is based on. It's not rights from government. Very simple concept, and yet I don't know of any other country in the world other than America that has put those in the founding documents that say that the natural rights come from God and that actually, because that's said in the U.S. founding documents, it says it's true for everybody, no matter where you live. So you can live in a totalitarian, vicious, you know, tyranny, and you have exactly the same rights as anybody in it so-called free country and those are all morphing into other things now anyway the free countries are in danger of disappearing and turning into tyrannies themselves which is part of a global coordinated plan right now and uh people like ralph and and dr rima and many others some of which we get the honor of meeting on our shows are working for a better future instead of the uh culmination of the plan for a darkness we don't want that to happen we'd like to see the opposite happen and you probably can relate to that if you're listening to this show so the message that they're giving out and so many other great people that we've had on before and will be here in the future is reminding you to take care of yourself don't you don't have to have this idea of being selfless and let your body get run down and get yourself all burned out by trying to convince people of things that don't want to hear you. Take care of yourself first. Physically, get your health back as much as you can. See if you can get off poisonous chemicals. Those are not really medicine. And uh, find out about real health information that's being violently suppressed all over the world right now. And take care of your health physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, your connection to your source, whatever you choose to call that or relate to it as. And if you just do that continuously the best you can, you're helping everybody who's connected to you. And what the quantum physics ideas and the quantum entanglement are all talking about is the people you're connected to who are going to be helped by what you're doing to take care of yourself. It's everybody. Even the people who are working intentionally against you underneath that, they're susceptible to being influenced by positive frequencies which are emanating from everybody all the time. So you're a very powerful being and don't have any limits that I know of except the ones you believe in and those you have. 
So you might consider talking to your mind and dropping some of those and seeing what's really possible. And that's what this is all about. Hopefully people like Rima and Ralph inspire us to do more working on ourselves. And that enables you to have the most powerful positive impact on the outside world in your physical actions as well. It all is based on your own consciousness. So hopefully we start a real pandemic of consciousness that'll spread all over the world and things can turn around starting at any point that we choose. Don't, uh, don't overlook that. And if you want to have a way to feel positive, start working on yourself right now and see where things can improve and it's going to spread. So anyway, thanks for taking the time with us. Uh, stay in touch at lostartsradio.com. And if we get knocked off some platform, you'll see where we're still on. Uh, help us get around the censorship by spreading the shows as widely as you can if you'd like to do that. If you have resources financially and you want to help us stay on the air and get our projects done because you realize we're not doing much uh, commercially with advertising or anything. So you can go to lostartsradio.com and there's a donate button there if you have the means to do that. Uh, or at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. And the main thing that we're asking for, though, is not money unless you have the ability to do that. It's for you to do everybody the favor of taking care of yourself and being an example of what you'd like to see spread in real contagious fashion all over the world. And we can all work on that and support each other in doing it. So thanks for being here, and we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. 
Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the band ones are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. I 
You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.